Yeah. Oh, great question. Right off the bat. <laughs> so, yeah, I refer, I mean, refer label. I don't necessarily like the term label, but um, I do refer to my sexuality as bisexual. Um, and for me, what that means is that I'm attracted to people of any gender, um, other, uh, and my own gender. Like, I'm attracted to my own gender, which I identify as female. Um, and I'm also attracted to other genders. So, um, there's this common misconception that bi and bisexuality means that you're only attracted to two genders um, and usually on the binary, so male and female, but in my case that's not how that plays out. So um, so yeah, so for me it's, it's I'm attracted to my own gender and I'm attracted to other genders and that's how I define my bisexuality. Excellent. Yeah, and when that started for me... Um, that's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to pinpoint. I think, you know, once we hit puberty, uh, you know, you're around 11 or 12 years old and you're sort of realizing that you have, you know, sexual attraction to, to other people or, you know, or whatever that looks like when you're, you know, a preteen, um, you know, you start to get funny feelings about other people that in your class or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to sort of question, you know, the, you know, all my girlfriends were, you know, oh, you have a crush on John or Dave or Henry, you know, and it was, for me, it was, okay, sure, but I also have a crush on Jackie and Jessica. <laughs> and so it was, uh, um, there was, I didn't really have uh, a, a, a good grasp of what that meant. I just, uh, I just thought that everyone was, was attractive or that everybody was, um, giving me those funny feelings. So I think, yeah, I think I was pretty early on and I didn't really pay attention to it, uh, because that was just, you know, you're a kid and you're concentrating on your kid things, you know, you're not concentrating on like, Oh, I want to date somebody in like, you know, grade five or grade six. So it wasn't until I was in high school that I started, uh, really questioning, um, all of those, all of those attractions. Um, and we had a conversation about a year ago now about, about this, where I said, you know, in, in high school, it was just easier to date guys. And so that's what I did in high school. And I kind of put those feelings aside until about five or six years ago in my early thirties. Now uh, I'm in my late thirties now, but where I decided that I, it was no longer okay for me to put those feelings aside and I needed to come out and, and say who I was and be my most authentic self and start living um, as that person as and, li- and not labeling, but identifying as bisexual and, and um, living that life. So, yeah. So in high school, cause it sounds like our experiences were a bit different cause you're mm-hmm. saying you didn't really get into dating or, getting into the, instead of just liking somebody, having it be crossover to that sexualization, Mm -hmm. um, that you were in high school. So that wasn't a thing for you in elementary school, hey? No, it it definitely was. I think it started in elementary school, you know, I I had a friend in elementary school. I think we were in grade, I want to say grade six or grade seven, and we had sleepovers. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like we were having sex in grade six or grade seven, but definitely like playing with each other. And I think that that became 
something that, you know, if I had told people that I did that, it felt shameful or Mm -hmm. wrong. Um, And it was also something that, you know, if other people told me that they did the same thing, they weren't bisexual or they weren't, you know, gay, they were just experimenting or so it was kind of brushed under the rug, I guess, in, in, in that way of, you know, oh, well, yeah, all people do that because they experiment with their friends because it's a safe place to experiment. But for me, it felt a little bit more important. Um, and it felt natural to me to, to want to do that with, you know, my female friends. Um, so it was, yeah, in elementary schools when that started and then didn't continue into high school with that. So I had, I had been brought into my sexual debut, I guess, with, um, with, with a female, um, and it wasn't until I was in high school where I was doing those things with, with boys, uh, in the same way. Um, so yeah, I guess my first, I guess, sexualized experience was in fact with a, with a female. And it wasn't until I was in my thirties where I actually, you know, could say very circumstantial, yes, I had sex with a woman. So, um, but yeah, I think when you're experimenting as a kid and you're learning your body and and all those things, it's um, my introduction into that was was maybe a little bit different. Right. How about yeah. you? What was your first take on it? Well, since we decided to do this episode, I've had so many memories come rushing back. Um, I have two very distinct memories that stick out to me, and I was very young. Um, one of them, so I was friends, I had this best friend, this girl, um, I'm trying not to say her name, <laughs> and her parents were very conservative, and I would spend a lot more time at her house than she at mine, because she was a single kid, and I had two younger siblings, so I'm sure my mom was happy to drop me off and be <laughs> like, you go there. Um, and so we were in early elementary school, like grade two, grade three, and we would hang out in her room all the time and we were constantly touching each other and like, not necessarily genitals, but it would be like hugging each other and like Mm -hmm. touching a lot. And I remember one time we were pretending to play and I was lying on top of her and we had our hands over our mouths, but we were pretending to kiss and we didn't Mm. really understand what that was. And her mom walked in on us and (laughs) flipped the fuck out. And I wasn't allowed to go over there for a really long time. I remember my mom was just like, who cares? Right. But her parents were very adamant that that wasn't okay. And I was confused by that because Mm -hmm. to me, it just felt like a natural thing. Like we were playing, but I also really liked her and it was confusing because I wasn't sure if I had the feelings for her, but I knew that a female body was interesting to me in more than just the biological sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And then around the same time I started hanging out with this boy and he was very sexual at that age. I mean, he was, this was probably grade four. And I remember I used to go again, hang, my mom would drop me off happily and I would go hang out over there. <laughs> and he used to take me out into the back. Um, he had this large property and in the back he would often, there would be like old porn magazines or Playboy or Penthouse or whatever that were like had pages ripped out and they would be sitting in the back. Uh, of the woods and he would always take me out there and want to show this stuff to me and then we would go into his house and we would hug each other and dance 
together and like <laughs> it would be like you show me yours I show you mine kind of thing and I remember classic trope totally totally <laughs> and I constantly remember like I just have such vague memories of his little boner against my leg and I would be like <laughs> not completely understanding what was happening but I also liked that right mm. and so this was before I actually started getting into the physical world really of mm -hmm. being with boys or girls at that time and how old were you oh this was young this was in oh, wow. early elementary school yeah I've been a like I started masturbating really early like great like really really like oh god I don't even know grade five maybe like, yeah well same like I think I was even younger than that but I never knew why like I never knew why that felt good or what it was for um and it wasn't it wasn't something that was inherently like at, at that age you don't know that it's something inherently sexual like and, and then what you know why why that why is that the purpose you just know that whatever you're doing to yourself feels good, good. right yeah. and then that's yeah why why would you think anything other than that you know you don't at that age you just don't know so it's interesting to hear that how young you were when you were playing with other children in the same way um and that's in itself like very telling of like how quickly you uh, you matured sexually, right? And like where you were, like we'd known each other for almost what, 20 years. Like, yeah. you know, you knew me when I was, before I even started having penetrative sex with people. So yes, <laughs> I mean, so you get to that point where, uh, you know, I, I masturbated before well, long before I got into like my sexual like youth where I was like okay now I'm starting to have feelings about people and I'm starting to like explore other people's bodies not just my own um and so it's interesting but that took me all the way to the like the end of my teen years um before even having penetrative sex so it's interesting that you started off so much earlier than I did even though we started our exploratory of our bodies the same about the same time um, but with other people, it was totally different. I mean, it's also part of our, our upbringing, though. Like, I, from the time I was about seven or eight years old up until I was 18 or 19, I had two really young siblings. My sister mm -hmm. is six years younger than me. My brother is seven years younger than me. So around that same age, when both of them were born and my mom had these young two children, I was left to my own devices. It was also mm. around the same time I would go over to friends' houses and watch, start watching horror movies. You yeah. know, I was exploring absolutely everything and anything because I could. I didn't have a conservative parent watching down on me. And my right. mom is also very open and, you know, I remember telling her that I was attracted to women and she was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, whereas some other parents would have been like, oh, my God. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think. This... Oh, go ahead. And, and with me. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say with me, with my upbringing, we were, I was raised in a very open household. The same thing. Like we call we had to call body parts what they were. Like we weren't allowed to have like slang terms for, you know, penis or vagina. And we were told, no pee -pee. you know, if. No PP, no. Uh, we were told, like, if anyone touches you that's not mommy or daddy and it makes you feel uncomfortable, then you tell us. And it 
it wasn't until I was as an adult when I found out sort of why um, why we were told these things. And it's not just good parenting at the time, you know, in the 80s. I mean, you don't really, I don't know if there was a lot of parents that were doing that kind of work with their kids. Um, and it was because my mom, when she was um, a young girl, was sexually assaulted as a very young girl, as, as a child. So she wanted to avoid that at all costs with me and my brother. So she, I, I, in hindsight, I can see now why we were told all these things and we're told what our bodies were were meant to do and and why and so if my parents had any inclination that I was exploring my own body I'm sure they would have just been like yeah go ahead go do your thing just do it in private and it's totally natural and it's totally okay mm-hmm. um, but that didn't make me want to have sex with other people or didn't make me want to explore with other people until I was ready until I felt ready I think that was a good thing but it it is interesting though um maybe because I was a, the youngest of, of two and you're the oldest of three, I wonder how much of that was curiosity because, well, how, like how many conversations did you have with your parents and, and why mommy's tummy's growing and what that's all about and, you know, maybe understanding what sex was a lot earlier than, than me because, I, it, you know, I was, it wasn't thrown in my face. <laughs> you know, I didn't have any younger siblings. You know, I don't, I don't recall, I don't remember talking to my mom about having being pregnant or having a brother or sister I don't remember any of that Mm -hmm. but I do remember in early elementary well how old was I I don't remember I remember finding videotapes in my dad's closet of porn and I it was VHS back then god we're Mm -hmm. aging ourselves um (laughs) and I remember just because again I was left alone in my own devices for so Mm -hmm. many years that I would just go and start watching it and I it would turn into friends coming over and watching it so I have been exposed to sex openly Mm -hmm. for so long and I remember I don't know if it's the same for all women I can't speak to straight women but watching porn it's not the men that gets me off it's the women yeah I think that's a common common thing because you're experiencing it from like you're imagining yourself as that as that woman this is why I like lesbian porn (laughs) because being a bisexual I can understand what it's like to be the person giving and receiving at the same time so it does but uh, and that was sort of my first um my first realizations. Go ahead. Oh, I, w- well, I was just going to say. What did you e- say? Even from like a, a woman's perspective, when you're watching porn, I don't envision myself being penetrated by a man. Like that's not sexy to me when I watch no. porn. It's women. But again, I don't know if mm-hmm. that's a typical woman thing or if that is just me or if it's bisexual women. I just, I don't know. That's just always. Yeah. Personally, women's bodies are far sexier. Well, yeah, absolutely. I think there's a there's a different. I mean, there's there's a thousand million types of pornography for that reason. <laughs> you know, we all have different kinks and we all have different uh, minds and how they work. But it, it is interesting um, that a, a lot of women, even straight women, report watching lesbian porn as as that's how they get off. Right? They don't really necessarily look at bisexual or um, straight porn and, and think that this is penetrative porn is is the the best thing for them so um yeah no it's it is definitely something that 
when I started watching watching porn, and this is like dial up days, um, you know, and now, and now we have, you know, porn is at our fingertips on our phones. And like, you just, I mean, kids these days just have it so easy. Um, but when we were, you know, teenagers, and or even young adults, um, you know, it was like, trying to get an image on your screen was the hardest thing to do. So, and it, you know, it's a, it was a crapshoot. It's like, oh, is this going to be a, a good looking person or not? Um, it's true. Yeah. So, so having videotapes, you know, in your parents' sock drawers and porn magazines in the closet was kind of our, our go-to. And we till like mom and dad were out of the house and then me and my brother would raid my dad's closet for porn magazines, you know? Totally. So yeah, that's exactly. And I remember there, oh, I remember my parents having a copy of Caligula, Ooh, I've never seen it. I've heard oh, good things. I mean, it's it's pretty violent, I mean, isn't it? It's it's violent, but it's very like it's just big orgy the entire time. So but uh but I remember my brother putting that on and being like, I'm out of here <laughs> like, <laughs> It was like ten. Oh, no thank you. <laughs> That's but, funny. Yeah. So then in high school, I don't mm-hmm. know if you had this, but I had a couple close girlfriends and there was one in particular that there was such a fine line between admiration and actual feelings. And I remember in high school, she was more so like sexually out there than I was. And I've always been a very openly, overtly sexual person. So there were often times where we would be out in situations and um, it would be like, wow, I like, I like what she's doing. I'm kind of into her. And then it would be like, no, 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 it's the nineties. We're not into girls. And (laughs) you're just my friend. And I just want to be like you. And I convinced myself for many, many, many years that it was just admiration right? Her confidence and mm-hmm. all of that. But no, no. In hindsight, when I would be at these parties and situations and I would see her get it on with someone, it would be like, nah, I got some feelings there. And yeah. I was, I, <laughs> I imagine you going around going, no, it's the nineties. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember when I, at, the, at, at that time, I, I guess I was 20 when I finally admitted to my high school best friend that I was into women and her first reaction was oh my god were you into me I was like nope but that is Mm -hmm. precisely why I never told anybody beforehand because it it felt very ostracizing as I'm sure you remember Mm -hmm. yeah I, I hate that I hate it when you come out to your friends and they just immediately think oh was I one of your crushes? I'm like, I no, know. because if you were one of my crushes, we wouldn't be friends. Yeah, it's true. Like it would have, it would have ruined me or us or our friendship. Uh, I've never had a crush on any of my girlfriends, <laughs> like any of my, my friends now or friends in the past. I, it's always the girls that were like at a distance, the ones that yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know them. I didn't know. It's the, and the same thing with guys, like it, and it really is, for me, like it doesn't didn't matter who you were. Like I, I find that it's a lot easier to make friends with guys than it is with girls. And I don't know why that that is for me. It's just most of my really good friends are men. Um, you know, I have a, a very select few of girlfriends. You're one of them. And I, I try to keep girls mainly at like an arm's length because <laughs> they can be really mean, especially in high school. Um, um, yeah. But it was the girls that you know 
would be like a grade above me or they just looked cool or, you know, and I would be too terrified to even befriend them or be anywhere near them or be like, so why would I crush on something that's so attainable? Like my girlfriends, like my actual (laughs) friends, that makes no sense to me. Um, I never found them sexually attractive. Um, and there was a lot of my guy friends too, that I'd be like, no, I'm repulsed by you. Um, so, but I'm, I'm good friends with you and I would like to, you know, hang out and watch movies and stuff, you know? So I, I don't, I don't know if I have a similar story of like a friend in high school that I crushed on or anything like that. It was always like somebody who just didn't know that I was crushing on them. And I would keep that very secret. I wouldn't even like write it down in like my journals or anything like that. When I go back to like read my journals and I did this not too long ago, it was like, I was boy crazy. Dear diary, so-and-so's with so-and-so and so-and-so's with so-and-so and I'm with nobody and boys don't like me. And it's just like, wow, get a grip of yourself, Marty. Jeez. Um, <laughs> but I knew that like hidden in all of that, there was also these crushes on, on girls that I had. Um, and mostly they were like celebrity crushes too, as well. Like I had such a big thing for Drew Barrymore, such a big thing for Drew Barrymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and Liv Tyler and Alicia Silverstone. You loved Liv Tyler. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like these, powerhouse strong female like you know they're and they're not like the ultra skinny ones like the 90s definitely brought out some like ultra skinny celebrities but these these like alicia silverstone Liv tyler drew barrymore those are my three you know and those are like they're not they're not your typical i guess like skinny model they're not your kate moss they're not your kate mosses yeah so i uh yeah, it was it was that, and it was, you know, a couple of girls maybe in high school, and like, and I played sports too, right? I played softball and I played soccer, and again, same thing. Like nobody like on my team, I would have a crush on, and I, I think about that like even from a guy point of view of like I've played co-ed sports before as well, and it's like yes, maybe there's like a good looking person on the team, but I'm not. They're a teammate. They're not somebody that I would crush on is I always crushed on people like that I just felt like I could never reach Mm. and it's interesting now because if you think about you know where I go to pursue people and it's the same thing like I have a rule don't fuck your friends um (laughs) so so people always say like oh let's be friends I'm like great but we'll never fuck like it's it's not uh, it's not something that I want to tap into. I never I never think about that because I, I think friendships are so important to me that I would never betray betray that. And I did I did one one time. Um, mm-hmm. I did have a crush on on somebody and on again on again off again for a really long time. And we constantly chased each other all through school and into our twenties. And um, and I, I did. I, I ended up going there with that person, and it backfired on me, and it ruined our friendship. And I have spoken to this person in, you know, five or six years now, and it it broke me. Yeah, I remember because this that. Person, yeah, this person's like a really was a really good friend of mine, and mm-hmm. it could have been so so good to just have this person be a friend of mine for life. And you know, I, I truly regret having that having that moment of like okay well now's the time like now I can and and our the stores felt very aligned and it just um 
in the end wasn't. So I created that rule of just like, yeah, don't, don't fuck your friends. And so that became, <laughs> that became a, a thing for me. So. I mean, that, that's how we all learn those yeah. kind of boundaries, right? Yeah. And I do remember when that situation happened for you and that was a hard one because oh. you were friends for a really long time. Yeah. Like really long time. <laughs> so, but at the same time, I understand that desire. Well, I mean, to want to the, go there. <laughs> there was always it was so funny because there was always sexual chemistry yeah. between us yeah. and like we would go out uh, you know, go out for for breakfast or something like that with him and his partner and me and my partner and we would leave the restaurant and my partner would look at me and go god you could really cut the sexual tension with you too couldn't you um and so there was always this like back and forth back and forth and um and you know it was like okay well now i'm i'm Polly, I'm Polly, and i can i can do that and freely and 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 all these things and it just became um just too much for for him to handle and so uh, and I get it I totally get it it was not uh it was not the right situation for him to to get into and he was probably just following you know his his crush as well and it's fine like it's I understand from his point of view what happened and you know I sympathize and empathize and I kind of feel a little bit bad for you know pushing a little bit on it but you know, it had to happen. I think <laughs> in the way that it did, it, it just, uh, it just sucked the way that it ended, unfortunately. But, um, but that's how we learn. That's how we learn. We learned our lessons. Um, but yeah. And then I've never gone there with like female friends for sure. And for the same reason, like, I just, I don't want to ever ruin anything between me and my female friends. And then also I don't find my female friends sexually attractive. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's interesting that you say that because oftentimes um, I have been asked, like, what do I find attractive in a woman? Mm. And uh, it's funny, nine times out of ten, in my experience, women are generally, I'm not going to, this is not a generalization for all women, but the women that I know that are into other women typically like characteristics that they themselves hold so mm. <laughs> I like I like curvy girls I like big boobs I like voluptuous lips and I like some sass right <laughs> whereas I know for you the, the physical is very different than what you're into right mm -hmm. and yours is sort of the same vibe that you've got going on with yourself slimmer you're you're not a big titty girl so it it's interesting and then mm -hmm. also I have a story to share which I uh, <laughs> do you remember Radiohead no we talked about this in the we... in the last one and oh did I, we yeah um... we did where you took uh your <clears throat> crush person. yeah yeah uh to Radiohead instead of me even though we had a pact and you said and I will I'll, if anybody wants to go listen to that podcast pause this one and go to that one <laughs> about the polyamory because we do clear this up in that in that podcast and it's really really great because your narrative had me crushing on you and I was like no 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 my narrative is I wanted to go see Radiohead and I was only <laughs> jealous that you got to take this other girl and not yeah and not, so yeah yeah yeah, I know. It's like, it's just so funny because I'm like, I really just wanted to see Radiohead. <laughs> I didn't care who I was going with. Or... Well, it's funny because because you and I look so differently 
in in definitely in the past about our female relationships like you were saying that you always kind of kept the girls that you had a crush on a distance away whereas me I'd be like come here you're my friend now Mm -hmm. (laughs) right and I'd be like you're my friend (laughs) and I want to fuck you so in my (laughs) mind whenever I would have any female friend gravitate towards me and I would not 100% think they were straight because I knew that you weren't straight from the first mm-hmm. second I met you, right? Um, I would always be like, oh, they like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is such a young narcissistic thing to think. But because I'm into men and women, and my experience with men is if they want to be your friend, it's usually because they want to fuck you, right? I'd be like, why would that be any different for women? Right. And for me in high school, if and outside of high school, as we both know, the several times at the music store you and I worked at, I would always befriend the person I wanted to be with. And I'd be like, you're my new best friend and you're the shiny, shiny token. And I would take you to concerts and leave my legitimate friends behind because I want to fuck you. Whoa, that's shitty. (laughs) But, but that was about it was in my 20s it was all that's about fine. sex yeah that's fine that's cool I did not I mean if you if you ever had a crush on me I did not pick up on that at all um but that's funny <laughs> I mean I will say that your emotional maturity has always been something that I admired so if it was a crush it would have been like in terms of that yeah an emotional crush yeah because yeah. like like we've talked about my physical type is like the girls I've had crushes on that you know they're mm-hmm. busty and they're curvy and yeah like yep. Angelina Jolie right except she's oh, not yeah. she's not curvy but she's got big things and I like yeah. big things well and it's funny it's funny that you mentioned like taste in women because mine definitely varies like if you look at my partners um they definitely range and I think it's it's for me it's like partners are like charcuterie it's like I, I want a little bit of everything um and uh it's like oh yeah well I like a girl with meat on her and I also like girls that are skinny and um but we do this thing where we it's like almost like an affinity attraction where I I do I'm, I do like girls that have something that I also have you know a similar body type or similar personality um and that just becomes you know a thing that I get attracted to, but, you know, my two, uh, my two female partners that I have that are, are, you know, more full-time female partners, um, there is definitely like an affinity there, but like one is like much skinnier than I am. Um, and the other one is like, has less boob than I have, you know? So it's, it, it doesn't, it's not the same type, you know, and it, it, and I'm attracted to a lot of different types and a lot of different body types, a lot of different personality types. And there's definitely things that I, I have that I'm not attracted to, you know, and mostly it's in personalities. Um, you know, if, if you are extroverted and you have this sort of lust for life and spontaneity and, you are uh, just a light to be around and you're not uh, overly chill, like I like a little bit of not chill, um, (laughs) then that's what I gravitate towards. But that doesn't necessarily, like I I went on a date once a couple of years ago um, and this girl that I, (laughs) we had great chemistry, like talking on text, amazing. So great, we finally meet up after a couple of weeks of texting back and forth. And she sat there in the restaurant and like didn't say 
anything. And I just like sat there nervously, like talking out of my fucking ass because I'm just like, are you going to talk? Like, and it was just like, it was sitting there in like, ner- like nervous silence. And I'm like, well, That's this so date awkward. did not go well. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't, I don't like to date introverts. I think it's, and it's funny because both my male partners are introverted. So it's, it's almost hilarious to me, but uncomfortable silence for them is like, it's lovely. <laughs> but, but when it comes to females, it's a different story. Is your cat so, okay? Yeah, What's I'm... happening? <laughs> I know, it's giving me such an authentic... Do you hear him back there? I do. Is he yeah. allergic to the podcast? Or... <laughs> well, first of all, this is what he does as a little tidbit into my world. He wakes... Have you heard him walking around meowing as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. So he does that all night in the middle of the night, all night long. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he wants to get outside right now, but I'm not going to let him out at this very minute. Oh, yes, yes, I know. Yeah, he's talking back. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, when he goes into sneezing fits, which is what that just was. Oh, uh, poor guy. And for anyone wondering, maybe I'm going to post a picture of him for this episode. You should. <laughs> I have a white Himalayan cat. He is large and white and fluffy with crystal blue eyes, and he's very pretty, but he is stupid as shit. I love him. But he's, he's a dumb... He's been inbred a few times. Oh, yep, yeah. yeah. I've got an inbred cat. <laughs> yeah, he's very pretty. He is very pretty, but yeah. Yeah. So, okay. But I do so... want to I do want to talk a little bit about um if that's okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. not take over, but um, I do want to talk yeah, I want to talk a, a bunch about uh, you know, cuz there's a lot of things right now happening with like bisexuality versus pansexuality. Um, and there's things about biphobia and bi erasure that I want to get to um, in our conversation. So um, it's, this is happening most recently in like in the last, you know, five to 10 years where um, a, a sexual identity of pansexuality has come up. Um, and then it kind of gives people who identify as bisexual um, it, it, this, this competition of bi versus pan. And I want to say that there's space for all sexualities and gender. So bisexual versus pansexual. So bisexual means attracted to two genders. So any two genders or attracted to more than one gender. So for me, that means I'm attracted to my own gender and other genders. But if you're bisexual, this can mean a bunch of different things for you. So it could mean that you are on the binary of I'm attracted to men and I'm attracted to women. Or sometimes I've heard I'm attracted to female energy and I'm attracted to male energy. Um, So that's what, in my definition, what bisexual means and what pansexual means. Pan meaning all. So attracted to people regardless of gender or attracted to all genders. So it can get very confusing because... It's just how you identify, but they're very similar. So it's they're not against each other. They're not working against each other. It's just what traditionally bisexual came into um, into sort of terminology in the like the early 1900s. There wasn't all this um, it, these terminologies. We didn't have a, a word for pansexuality, and we didn't have things uh, about gender uh, expression or gender identities or gender inclusive orientations. So that's where pansexuality came up just in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, maybe. Um, So 
I just wanted to point that out, um, that a lot of people who are pansexual could have at one point identified as bisexual, but now are pansexual. So I will use this term interchangeably, um, but I do identify as bisexual, um, meaning I'm attracted to my gender and other genders. There's two there. Um, and then by erasure is something that uh, that we deal with in in the LGBTQ. Um, so we're like presumed to be like closeted lesbian or gay people um, wishing to appear hetero or homosexual, depending on what group. And I remember the first time you saw this was kind of in Chasing Amy. Remember that movie, mm -hmm. Kevin Smith, Ben Affleck, your favorite actor of all time. Um, <laughs> Joke, jokes jokes aside um <laughs> and so so in chasing amy you know she's a, she's identified as a lesbian and she falls in love with ben affleck's character and yeah, very believable i'm sure um and um and it, she, it never gets brought up that she's bisexual like she's just like she's just changed teams is what they said you know and so there's like all this stuff in in pop culture that makes by erasure a thing and um i'm gonna point at one example because I, I i wanted to bring it up in this podcast specifically because i know you love sex in the city i love sex in the city but you really love sex in the city you know i will just say loved loved uh, uh yeah. <laughs> i've rewatched it recently e cringy right yeah, yeah. so much gay panic and bi erasure and so mm -hmm. what i i think is really interesting there was um i think the episode was called boy girl boy girl mm -hmm. and it was where carrie was dating the bisexual guy mm -hmm. who was like a decade younger than than she was um and what i think it's really interesting is like the entire time you're watching that show they talk openly about like all sorts of different sexual activities like rimming and spanking and anal and threesomes and Carrie is, by all intents and purposes, a successful sex columnist. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember this this episode where they're sitting down to like their whatever talk lunch thing that they have, and they go around the table talking about if bisexuality even exists. And I'm like, oh, this will be interesting. And you know, Carrie refers to it as a layover to gay town, mm -hmm. and I'm like shocked mm -hmm. at the first notion of that. I'm like, what? And then Charlotte complains that there's like no like no uh, no available men in New York because they're all bisexual, and I'm like, okay, well that's a weird thing. Um, Miranda doesn't she also doesn't she also say choose a side? Choose a side, yeah. Oh. Choose a side, like just choose a side already. She says. Miranda says that it's it's greedy double dipping. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then she says that, um, yeah, same thing. So like, it's, it's just, they're one step away from just being gay, like choose a side. Um, and then I'm like, well, surely Samantha will save this. Surely Samantha will say something mm -hmm. here. And it, she just dismisses it as sexual experimentation. And I just went, they had so much opportunity here to, to, to make this, so much better than it actually was and i really like i this is like a whole podcast just based on like sex in the city and how it doesn't hold up sometimes yeah. <laughs> um or any show for that matter um but i just i found that to be like really uh really annoying <laughs> really because it's like if you're if you're bi you're sort of like this 50 50 like you're you're one foot into gay and one foot into straight and that's not actually the, how it works you know and people say well what what percentage of 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 gay are you and I get asked this all the time and I'm like I'm, I'm not I'm not 
I'm not a, I'm not 50% gay and 50% straight. I'm a hundred percent bisexual. Yeah. Like, what do you not get about that? Um, you know, and it's, I don't get to choose a side and, and every, every encounter is different. And, you know, if, if you want to create a pie chart for yourself, if you're bi or pan or whatever, that's cool. Like you can do that. It's all, all pies are, are valid at that point. So, um, but I, I think we need to do better, I think, as a straight community and as a gay community to, you know, erase biophobia and by erasure and by denial. Like they are, it is a, a, a sexuality and pansexuality is a sexuality. And there's so many others that are on the spectrum as well. So I just wanted to say that because I think it's important to know. It is important. And people who are straight would not, this may not even be a thing for them. No. And people who are gay also may not be a thing for them, right? And mm -hmm. I know, I get that. I've gotten that over the years as well, where people are like, oh, you're not really into women. You're, you're married to a man. And it's like, just because I'm married to a man doesn't mean I can't be, you know, emotionally and physically attracted to women. Yeah. But that is the quick by erasure that you've been talking about. And yeah. it, it's just so swept under the rug, right? Like it's offensive to say the term gay and it's offensive to be anti-gay, but it's not offensive to be anti-bi. Yeah. And that all with the way the world is today, education and talking about it is the thing that's going to, you know, help. Yeah. And you know, I think a lot of people are starting to take over because as this becomes more fluid for people as well, and, you know, people don't want to necessarily label themselves one thing or another, or, you know, I, and we're starting to have, you know, the word queer come back mm -hmm. as, you know, a, a word that we're, you know, in, in all intents and purposes, the queer community is owning because it, it was a negative connotation word up until like the early 2000s. Um, you know, and I think queer or questioning, you know, the, the Q and LGBTQ um, has become more or less the thing that you say now when you're on that, you know, spectrum of, of you know, how many letters can we possibly add into this LGBTQ plus 2S, T plus, minus, you know, divided so by. Yeah, there's just so <laughs> much of it. And like, they all deserve a place on that, uh, on that flag. Mm -hmm. I agree. And so when we just say overarching, we say queer, um, we just mean all all those identities belong there, right? So yeah, it's I not find just queer, lesbians, queer is like gay, the, it's bisexual. It's the umbrella that if you It is the umbrella, yeah. If you don't identify as 100% heterosexual, then you fit under the queer umbrella. Yeah, or questioning. That's the Q can also stand for questioning. Sometimes you don't mm -hmm. know what you are. Sometimes mm -hmm. you just know that you're, I'm exploring, I'm figuring it out. I don't know yet. Um, and that's okay too. And so you have a place in, in that, you know, in that, in that space. So you're allowed to say, yeah, I'm queer or I'm questioning. Um, so I love the fact that the Q is, is there for people as well that just haven't, and if it's, if labels are important to you and identities are important to you, then, you know, use them use them in that way. But if they're not, then, you know, you just are who you are and you're perfect just the way you are, as Mr. Rogers would say. So. <laughs> unless you're a legitimate psychopath. Yeah. Unless you're a homophobe, in which case, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> or a serial killer as my son has now learned what those are. Oh no. Oh yes. 
so so early (laughs) but it's funny about the term queer I never thought about myself in term of in terminology I just always was like you know I'm a woman married to a man and I like women but then I completed this questionnaire not that long ago where it it asks you and I was like first of all I can't believe you're asking me but second of all it was trying to get a sense of where the community is going now and how many people are identifying as the non-binary the non-standard right and Mm -hmm. I liked that they asked this and then there was the line of queer and it gave their definition of queer which was basically the umbrella that anybody if they haven't put themselves to a label yet or Mm -hmm. wants to or just doesn't necessarily identify with any of the above can go under and I was like oh ding 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 yeah and it's also a term that people use to express like fluid identities and orientations so this could include like transgender cisgender non-transgender non-binary um so you could you know that's also a, a term used because it's not on the spectrum of like lgbtq um you know so if you're if you are a non-binary trans or non-cisgender or non-transgender um then you can also use queer you know and it's it, it it's just making the world so much more accessible and colorful for people and i think that that's a beautiful thing you know so you don't have to be you know cisgendered and binary you can you can be outside of that and it's totally fine i agree Mm -hmm. and it's also i've always had kind of the thought that you know i wish labels weren't required for some people Mm -hmm. but at the same time when i saw their definition of queer i was like oh okay i like that because now i I fit there and I up until that point was like it doesn't matter about the label but sometimes it does yeah and you know it's it's really interesting I think it's really going to be important mostly not even for adults like us but and we might change as as time Mm -hmm. goes on too but I think we're more or less you know have discovered who we are now at this at the age you know of, of where you and I are, but for kids up and coming now into their sexual identities and gender expressions and gender identities and just, you know, sexual orientations, um, this becomes more important to them. Um, Really, really fascinating. My mom called me uh, a few weeks ago and she's concerned because my niece, uh, last year, my niece came out to me as bisexual Mm -hmm. and I was like, over the moon excited for her and I was like thank you for sharing this with me and I really appreciate it and if you have any questions please feel free to reach out to me and like she's like a good kid she's just like a really she's good about like setting good boundaries and communicating already and I'm like this kid's 12 at this point right so she's now 13 she's entering high school and um you know she's now identifying herself as a lesbian and my mom called me and she was concerned that she was, you know, identifying as a lesbian because she wanted to fit in. And I, I kind of, I, I was a little taken back by that because I was wondering why she would think that her coming out as a lesbian would make her want to fit in, fit into what, um, you know, and, and it's not a, it's not about being cool. It's about, you know, 
knowing who you are, you know, fairly early on. And, you know, my mom's whole thing was, well, you know, when, when I was her age, you know, we didn't have we didn't have, you know, these, these issues and, you know, more and more kids now are coming out as, um, you know, gay or trans or whatever. And my whole argument to that was, well, because when you were in the, in the school system, in the sixties and the seventies, uh, what you saw of, of homosexuals was that they were persecuted, beaten, killed, jailed, you know, there wasn't a safe space for people who were queer back then. So they were, they definitely existed. You just didn't know about them. Mm-hmm. And now that there's so much, uh, so much in the media and so much for kids to look at and go examples of, you know, we look at people like Harry Styles, uh, who's, you know, very out there right now and in creating safe spaces for, for kids to like just be themselves and, and and come out into their own and you know there's pop stars and you've got Miley Cyrus was a couple years ago with her pansexuality and you know uh, you see it on TV lots of um, you know gay and queer characters and so you see that and you go that's what I identify with we didn't have that growing up like we might have had a few of those things but not as much like we had Ellen DeGeneres Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that would have been like the biggest one, right? You had Rosie O'Donnell who was like closeted yeah. for the entire time. So we didn't have examples to say, okay, well, I identify like this. So when she sees somebody in, in mainstream mute media and she goes, I identify like that person, therefore she can label herself if she wants to as that, that kind of person. So, um, you know, my mom luckily was very, uh, grateful for me to like explain that to her of yeah they've always existed they just weren't allowed to before right you or, imagine or it would be rebellious or something like it yeah if if my my niece was born 40 years ago this would have been a different story she would be closeted 100%. you know so yeah and uh, and that's just it so allowing more people to have um expression in their gender expression and their sexual orientation and the more people that feel comfortable and being the most authentic selves coming out and and being you know it it just adds value to everybody else in the community and this is not to pressure anybody into coming out if you're not ready to um i think I, i mean it took me 33 years um to to do that for myself but you know had i had some examples more examples to draw upon when I was feeling all the feelings that I was feeling when I was 12 and 13 years old. And I might have been able to label myself a little bit differently. It's true. We didn't have a lot Mm -hmm. back then. I'm trying to think like, that's one of the reasons why I've always gravitated towards Angelina Jolie when I was younger, because I was like, she, she's very open about being different and wearing black and liking women she was in a relationship with a woman and it was all always all over the media right and I liked that she was able to be that person but she was ostracized in Hollywood for many years because of that people said she was weird that she had a relationship with her brother and she liked blood and remember all of that weird stuff right Mm -hmm. and that's the thing is like when we were growing up as teens there wasn't like when when you think back to shows that we watched 
I can think back of one, maybe two queer people in 9210 when I watched it back then. Yeah. And they didn't last very long. And that... <laughs> And I'll tell you why they didn't last very long, because this was early 90s to mm-hmm. mid 90s mm-hmm. and the AIDS epidemic was around. And so anytime you put a gay character in a TV show, they inevitably got AIDS and died they because really they were did. Yeah, because that's that was what they were trying to focus on about the HIV and AIDS epidemic. Um, and it wasn't until I think the my first introduction into gay characters i mean there was there was things like my so-called life uh party of five Mm -hmm. degrassi again these characters likely had aids in the end um the first queer character that i identified with in tv was willow from buffy um season four and that was the first time you saw female on female kissing as well and like a a healthy female relation healthy lesbian relationship um in a in well i don't know how healthy it was in the end (laughs) i'm gonna get to any buffy fans they're just gonna hate me in the end but um but yeah that's that for the first little bit anyway that was what we could see and then you know i can't think of anything else that was like you know and then we had like it became a comedy at that point you know there was will and grace and it was mm-hmm. funny to be gay mm-hmm. um, you know so and then but then we had shows like queer as folk and the l word that came out that focused on drama and and queer lives which i thought was really good yeah i really liked the, both of those shows great yeah for very different reasons <laughs> Two totally different reasons. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Watching the L word, the acting was better. Queer as folk, the acting was not very good. But oh, I beg to differ. I oh, think that really? the mm. I think that the acting was hit and miss in L word. I think there was a couple of characters that I was like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. And uh, queer as folk, I, I again hit and miss. I think some of them were really great, and some of them were just like not believable true but they were both enjoyable shows at the time I was watching them I know yeah well thank you so much Marty for coming on here and helping to open the eyes of people because you know my world is the horror world and I do find people are a lot more open in the horror world right nobody is standard or in the, the regular terms of normalcy or anything. So I think this is such a good opportunity to help educate and spread the word. Yeah, and I hope I didn't scare anybody. <laughs> I doubt it. I don't know. Especially if you're a woman listening to us, it probably sounds pretty fun because sometimes we get our cake and get to eat it too. So Yeah, <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Sonia. So that'll be a good end point, I think. I'm just going to... An L word. I think there was a couple of characters that I was like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. And uh, queer as folk, I, I again hit and miss. I think some of them were really great, and some of them were just like not believable. It's true, but yeah. they were both enjoyable shows at the time. Very. I was watching them, I know. Well, thank you so much, Marty, for coming on yeah. here and helping to open the eyes of people because. You know, my world is the horror world, and I do find people are a lot more open in the horror world, right? Nobody is 
standard or in the, the regular terms of normalcy or anything. So I think this is such a good opportunity to help educate and spread the word. Yeah, and I hope I didn't scare anybody. <laughs> I doubt it. I don't know. Especially if you're a woman listening to us, it probably sounds pretty fun because sometimes we get our cake and get to eat it too.